Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. It had been 24 years, 24 years since God called him, 24 years since God spoke to him, 24 years since God promised to bless him, make a great nation of him, 24 years since God promised that in him, all of the families of the earth would be blessed. And Abram had responded in obedience. He had stepped out in faith, walked in faith. It had been 13 years. 13 years since one of God's promises had been fulfilled. 13 years since he had become a father. 13 years since Ishmael was born. Abram was now 99 years old. And once again, the Lord appeared to him. Once again, the Lord spoke to him. Once again, the Lord made covenant with him. Now, covenant is a theme throughout the story of Abram. In fact, it's a theme throughout the entire Bible. It undergirds it. It offers a framework for it. For covenant is how God enters into relationship with his people. God makes covenant with his people. A covenant is an agreement. It's a bond, but it is an agreement that points to a relationship because that's the heart of a covenant. It's a relationship. A relationship that God initiates. He seeks you out. It's a relationship that God guarantees. He will be faithful to the covenant even when you are not. Therefore, a covenant is an act of grace. It is a divine gift of love. As God reaffirms his covenant with Abram, he reaffirms his promises. Abram will be a father of nations, a multitude of nations. He will be fruitful even at 99. Nations will come from him. Kings will come from him. And as if to confirm it, God changes Abram's name, gives him a new identity. No longer is he Abram, which means exalted father. He is now Abraham, which means father of a multitude. His new name reflects the covenant. His new name reflects God's grace in his life. His new name reflects the promises God has given to him. Then, once again, God assures Abram of the promise of land, telling him again the land of Canaan would be his. The land of Canaan would be his descendants after him. And in the midst of these promises is one more. And this promise is the heart of God's covenant throughout the scripture. And whenever God makes covenant throughout the scriptures, the stipulations may change. The promises may be different, but the heart 
remains the same. Listen again to part of verse 7. The Lord promises to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God claims Abraham. He promises to be his God, promises to be the God of his offspring. Abraham's descendants would be his people. These are God's promises of the covenant. But he also gives Abraham a calling. And here is Abraham's calling found in verse 1. Walk before me and be blameless. God called Abraham to walk before him. He called Abraham to walk in his way, to walk in his will, to follow him, to live for him, to be blameless. This is what God desired of Abraham in the covenant. And the rest of our passage concerns the sign of the covenant. God offers Abraham a sign for the covenant that he has made with him. In fact, God commands Abraham to participate in this sign. Listen to verse 11 again. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Abraham was to be circumcised. Now, Abraham may not have been circumcised, but he knew of circumcision. It was a common practice among the peoples of the Mediterranean world. Even, even the Egyptians practiced it. Now, typically, this occurred around the age of puberty or right before marriage. And there's much debate about the meaning of and reason for circumcision in the ancient world. Different cultures seem to have different practices, but most were linked to sex. It symbolized removing the barrier to fruitfulness, unlocking the power of procreation. Now, simply looking at it with this understanding and this alone, the circumcision of a 99-year-old man is rather humorous, ironic at the least. But God takes this practice, even using the cultural understanding of it, because Abraham will have a child with Sarah, and he deepens it. He uses it for his own purpose. He makes it a sign of the covenant that he cut with Abraham. Now, the purpose of a sign is to point beyond itself. A sign points you to something. Directional signs on the road tell you where they are going, they, they, where you are going. They point the way. Circumcision pointed to God's covenant. It was a sign in his own flesh to remind Abraham of God's promise. It was a sign cut in his flesh to remind him of the covenant that God had cut with him, that it was a permanent bond, a bond in blood, one that God would never forsake. It was a sign, a mark in his flesh that showed Abraham belonged to God, that God had called him, that God had claimed him, that God had poured out his grace upon him, blessed him, called him to walk before him and be blameless. But it was a sign that also pointed to a problem, a deep problem, the problem problem with the heart, the problem of the flesh, the problem with this life that we live, the problem of our brokenness, sin. 
Circumcision was a sign that we need our sinful nature removed, that we need the old sin-filled self removed. In other words, circumcision was an outward act that pointed to an inward need. It was a physical sign that pointed to a spiritual problem, the need for God to cleanse sinful hearts and to make new. Now, this is shown later in the Old Testament in passages where God's people are called to circumcise their hearts. And one example is in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16, now Moses speaks these words to God's people. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. It pointed to a heart problem. Circumcision was a sign, but it was also a seal. Circumcision sealed God's covenant. When Abraham was circumcised, it meant that he was part of God's covenant, that he belonged to God, that the promises were for him by grace through faith. And then God commanded this in verse 12. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. There was no waiting until puberty. There was no waiting until right before marriage. There was no waiting until you were 99. God did not want the sign confused with the cultural meanings of the sign. Eight days old. Babies were sealed in the covenant. Babies were given the sign of the covenant. Isaac, Abraham's son, was circumcised at eight days old, not because he had faith, but because Abraham had faith, because the covenant promises were for Abraham and for his children. This sign pointed to the faith that Isaac did not yet have, but would have to claim for himself one day, and he did. And what about women? Were women included in God's covenant? Of course. But it was through men. Men were the head of the family. Men were the head of the household. Daughters were included through their fathers. Wives were included through their husbands. Okay. And we've taught covenant and we've taught circumcision. What does this have to do with you? much. Everything, in fact, for a promised descendant of Abraham has come. One who is a blessing to the nations, a blessing to you, a king, king of kings. Jesus Christ has come. He is God in the flesh. God made man, and he came seeking you out, and he makes covenant with you. Through the death of Jesus upon the cross and through his rising from the grave, God invites you into his covenant. He invites you into relationship by faith. And in this covenant, he offers you promises. In this covenant, he offers you blessings, forgiveness life, eternal life. 
And, and this new covenant in Jesus, the covenant that God has cut with you, it is the same as the old covenant. The heart is the same. In his covenant with Abraham, God claimed him and claimed his descendants, promised that they would be his people, and that's what he's done for you. In Jesus, God promises to be your God. In Jesus, God claims you as his own. Yes, he offers you forgiveness. Yes, he offers you eternal life, both gifts, but he gives you these gifts because you belong to him. You see, the heart of the covenant is the same, old and new. The heart of the covenant is the same, Abraham. And now the difference is Jesus. Jesus makes all things new. Jesus makes the covenant new. He fills it. He fills the old and he opens up the new to everyone, not just those who are descendants of Abraham. Those are the promises. And there's also a calling. When you enter into the covenant, the Lord calls you to walk before him. He calls you to follow his son, to walk in the way of his son, to walk in his will, to follow him, to live for him. And just like Abraham, God has given you a sign and seal of that covenant. He's given you a sign and seal of his grace. Is it circumcision? Yes and no. Our New Testament reading this morning was from Colossians, Colossians 2. Listen, listen again to Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. The sign and seal of the covenant in Jesus is circumcision. But it's a different kind of circumcision. The circumcision of Christ is baptism. Baptism, a circumcision made without hands. Baptism, a water washing, a sign given to male and female both. Just like circumcision, Baptism is a sign that points to God's gracious covenant. And just like circumcision, baptism points to a problem. It points to the problem. It points to our brokenness, our sinfulness, what, what Paul calls the flesh. Baptism points to the fact that we need cleansing, that our hearts need cleansing, that our flesh, our sinful nature needs to be removed. That just as our bodies are washed with water, we need our hearts washed. We need our hearts cleansed. We need to be made new in Jesus. Baptism points to the fact that this is what the Father promises you in Jesus Christ. He promises you forgiveness. He promises you cleansing. It's an outward sign of an inward grace. And just like circumcision, baptism is a sign that shows that you belong to God. When you're baptized, you're marked as God's. When you're baptized, he claims you as his own. It's the beginning of the Christian life. And just like circumcision, baptism seals God's 
covenant. When you are baptized, it means you are part of God's covenant. God is your God. You belong to his people. You belong to his church. His promises in Jesus are for you by grace through faith. And just like circumcision, baptism is a sign of God's covenant for the children of believers, for the children of those who belong to the covenant. And that's why we baptize babies. We baptize babies not because they have faith, but because their parents do. And like circumcision, the promises of God in Jesus are for the children of believers. God claims you and claims your children. And those who are baptized as babies have to claim those promises on their own. They have to live out that faith for themselves. And like circumcision, it's a one-time deal. You need be baptized only once. You're baptized once, but you live it out every day. You live your baptism out every day of your life. When you confess your sin, you're living out your baptism. When you claim God's promise of forgiveness in Jesus, you're living out your baptism. When you confess your faith, you're living out your baptism. When you show in word and deed you belong to God, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're living out your baptism. But above all of this, Baptism is a sign of grace. Never forget that. It's a sign of what God has done for you in and through his son. When you are struggling, remember your baptism. When the darkness surrounds you, remember your baptism. When you feel like you can't go on, remember your baptism. When it seems like the world is collapsing or your world is collapsing, remember your baptism. When guilt and shame overwhelm you, remember your baptism. When, when sorrow like sea billows roll, remember your baptism. When the shadow of death looms, Remember your baptism. It is the Father's seal over you in Jesus Christ. It is a sign of the covenant. And God is faithful. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 